Hello and welcome to the Tillage Edge with me, Michael Hennessy. This is your regular update for all your tillage news and advice. Before we begin the main podcast today, I want to mention the Chagas Crops Forum, which is running again this year, next Thursday at September the 8th in the Kilishi Hotel Nace. The event will cover areas such as changes we can expect in CAP 2023, the new acre scheme, but also concentrate on the risks involved in producing crops for the harvest 2023. You can find out more details about this by going to chagas.ie forward slash events. We discussed oilseed rape as a planting option a couple of weeks ago, and it looks like there's a large increase in acreage on the cards for Ireland this year. Industry is saying that a 20% increase is not unreasonable, so we could be looking at a national crop of close to 20,000 hectares. This would put this year's rape crop as one of the biggest in recent memory. It's hard to get seed at the moment as it's all sold out in most co-ops, but there's still a substantial amount of area yet to be planted, as farmers were waiting for some soil moisture before planting. This lack of soil moisture looks like it'll be rectified towards the weekend, but it remains to be seen how much rain falls. Oilseed rape is often chosen as an option to control difficult weeds in fields, but with the dry soils and the extensive use of residual herbicides, many are nervous about how good these weed control will be. To discuss this, I'm delighted to be joined again by Kieran Collins, a tillage specialist in Chagas, to discuss some of the options. Kieran, around the um, sowing date and the amount that's sown already or the amount that's expected to be sown, whereabouts is it and you know why is there such a big increase this year? Yeah, Michael, there's a lot of interest in oilseed rape this year. Um, you know, we've had an area in around 10,000 hectares for quite a few years, and it's been kind of steady at that. We did see an increase last year. I think we got up to about 14,500 hectares. And, you know, it's hard to estimate at the moment, but certainly figures from, we'll say, the seed houses and that would indicate that the area is pushing towards 20. You know, so reasons, I suppose, the margin is going to be the first thing. You know, we've seen um, oilseed rate prices increase, um, you know, in the last two seasons. And, you know, merchants are offering good forward prices at the moment in around, you know, into the mid high 500s, maybe up towards 600. You know, so that's when you do your crop budget at that kind of um price it, it you know it does turn into a very very good margin and i suppose as well people have recognized the benefits of break crops and they've seen it every year in the harvest so i think those two combined and i suppose finally then the weather obviously has been a big factor because you know crops were harvested early on time straw was cleared and now we've had the weather and the opportunity to sow. So I think there are a number of contributing factors, I suppose, Michael. And we have, in fairness, talked about this before a few weeks ago in terms of people getting set up to put oilseed rape in. And I suppose in the meantime, there's been a fair share of it actually put into the ground, but only just about, Kieran, I'd say. And maybe there's um, a good share of it still in the bag because uh, you know, farmers are probably just a little bit nervous as regards putting into such dry soils. Would that be the case? Certainly, that is what you'd hear from farmers around the place. You know, um, I suppose it's expensive to, to to cultivate soils at the moment as well. But yeah, number of growers were certainly sort of holding off. You know, soil temperatures are high and that there was no rain in the forecast up to now. Obviously, as we record now, there there, there is rain in the forecast for the weekend. So certainly you'd expect um, some more to be going in these days or maybe possibly even next week if it dries up again. So Karen, was the dry soils to do with a concern around what are the what are the, the oil rate would germinate in the first place or is it to do with kind of weed control issues or concerns that's there or is it something else that I'm missing? Why are people, why were people really holding off? 
Um, I suppose there, it's it's twofold, really. I suppose when you have really dry soils, um, you know, sometimes you get quite uneven germination. So you'll pick up pockets of moisture. Obviously, people will roll and will do everything that they can to conserve moisture in the soil. You know, you'll get a strike in, in some of it. And then when you get maybe rain, you'll get a you'll get a, a second flush, which quite often happens. And sometimes that can be tricky for maybe some post-emergence um, uh, herbicide applications. Um, and I suppose the other concern maybe where people, you know, wanted to use a pre-em, obviously dry soils, the, the pre-em herbicides won't work very well. They need moisture maybe to, to activate. So I suppose some people would have would have delayed maybe a little bit on that account as well, really. So Karen, just in terms of um, pre-ems or post-ems in terms of the best kind of strategy, where, where, does, it, where does it settle down? Are pre-ems better than post-ems? Well, I suppose, firstly, it depends on what type of weed you expect in your field, you know, um, but certainly, broadly speaking, pre-ems do cover the broadest range of broadleaf weeds, and it does give you certainly the best opportunity. And I suppose if you're looking at a, you know, holistic and an all-in approach, if you're not sure what's there, certainly pre-em herbicides um, is, is a safe way to go. Um, okay, I suppose the other option then that some people, you know, have done in recent years and we we, we do a better suite of products for post-emergence is to wait and try and pick up grass weeds as well at the same time. But I suppose, you know, really it sort of depends on the field that you're in. But like I say, if you're expecting a weed challenge, pre-em is certainly, certainly the safer option. And I suppose I should also say just, you know, for any growers that are planning on sowing rape now, it is worth a call to your local agri-merchant just to make sure the product is in stock because, as I said earlier, with the increase in area, you know, uh, herbicide availability has been a little bit tight. Yeah, and, and in terms of that pre-em treatment, that's, you know, they're generally the butazans or the catamaran turbo kind of kind of products that's out there that people might be looking for. But am I right in saying there might be a bit of an issue with that in very dry soils with heavy rain that I think is forecast over the next few days? Mm, that's the the tricky bit, I suppose, really, you know, um, where people have put on a pre-em already. That rain that will come will certainly, you know, activate that herbicide and will 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 help it to work. But I suppose really the the the, the danger really or the one that you're you're sort of concerned with is putting on metazaclor, which you say is in butazin or catamaran turbo, uh, is if you get heavy rain uh, immediately or within 48 hours of application, you know, um, that that's certainly to be avoided because that as the seed chits, you know, um, I suppose the advice generally would be to wait, um, you know, within applied within 48 hours of drilling, but certainly avoid um, avoid heavy heavy rain, you know. And I suppose some some growers have opted this year, and I think it's a very sensible approach, you know, with dry soils is we'll say if we take catamaran turbo where the full rate is two and a half litres per hectare, they've gone for a split dose. So they've gone for a litre and a half pre-em and then follow up very early post-em with a litre. And I suppose that maybe adds a little bit to the, the crop safety bit as well. And like I said, there is big advantages in using the pre-em like metazaclor. Um, it gives a good start in annual meadowgrass. It's very good on chickweed, mayweed, shepherd's purse, groundsel, you know. So again, like I said, where you're expecting, you know, quite a range of broadleaf weeds, it it, it certainly is um is 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 probably a very good strategy. But there's is there not another issue with that? And and given I suppose the fact that there's um there's there, there's many different and probably more varied uh, establishment methods for oilseed rape. Than there is maybe for for other cereals in sort of the mintail kind of way and 
you know, big subsoilers or that kind of stuff, that is it a case that the seed needs to be covered in soil where some of those systems may not be great at doing that? Or yeah. where do you think that kind of lies? Certainly, metazotor can can harm, you know, emerging seedlings. So um, I, I think the label would generally state that you would need at least 15 mils of soil. So a good cover of soil. And I suppose if you're sowing method or if you find for whatever reason that you haven't achieved that type of cover, you're probably as well off to, to wait for the crop to emerge and then use a, a post-emergence application instead. Okay, that sounds that sounds reasonable. But so, Kieran, in terms of the the post-emergence type options that are, you mentioned one already, where you can kind of split those. But is there is there anything else there that could be used? Yeah, I suppose sticking with the metazotor type products, that is still a post-em option, you know. Um, I suppose the crucial thing there, if you are using, say, catamaran turbo post-emergence, be careful, number one of the rate, you know, the full rate is two and a half, you know, certainly um, maybe pull back a little bit from that. Now, that rate will 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 depend a little bit on the, the weeds that you're trying to control, uh, but it certainly is a good option. And we mentioned the, the maybe possible unevenness of germination earlier on as well so i'd be getting out with my whatever way you count your plants go and get your plant count and make sure that you have your target plant count already say you know you might be sowing say 50 seeds you know you might be targeting 30 35 plants depending on it'll be higher this year obviously good establishment percentages hopefully but just to make sure that you have enough emerged plants because you know that metazotor when it does hit that emerging shoot it will do damage and we've often seen you know uh quite low plant populations as a result of of that sort of early post-emergence so get the plant counts done uh, if you're ha- happy that you've sufficient numbers get on get on get on good and early then so let's just let's just say the crop is half the crop or a third of the crop is coming up or coming up at the moment and we're going to get rain over the weekend like in a couple of days time and and um, we might get another flush so we might get maybe more ulcer rape coming up maybe say in a week's time or maybe 10 days time and now a grower is faced with maybe a two leaf or one pair of true leaves of of, of the first emerge stuff and only a cotyledon of the second stuff applying um the likes of catamaran to that will that actually kill the one that's only coming through are, are you going to get real damage like that you will yeah we we've seen that in the past it's it's rate dependent obviously but certainly any contact with that emerging shoot will cause damage and you know does it, can... do, do, does it matter about the rate Karen? is it uh, will the half rate be okay rather than the full rate or just no rate at all well look you 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 need to use a rate high enough to control the weeds that you're targeting but what i'm trying to say is that you need to have your target plant population established in the field because those emerging ones you know there's a high probability that the, the herbicide will take them out so you know count the plants first try and get your target plant population and you know once you're satisfied that you have that i think then you're 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 safe to go and is there any other herbicide that can be used in around that kind of earliest timing yeah, I suppose we're lucky that we we have a, a few options now. Belcar is a, is another one. It's a synthetic oxen. It's it's co-formulated uh, with picolorum. And I suppose the advantage here is that it has a, a kind of a stronger foliar action 
um, and can be applied later than, you know, we'll say the likes of catamaran turbo. So, you know, if the weather goes against you, it is a good option. It wouldn't quite have the broad spectrum of weeds like a pre-M of catamaran turbo would have, but it's certainly a very, very useful product. And, you know, get some key weeds that we're trying to deal with, like cleavers, cranes, bill poppy, you know, can be problematic for some growers. And it's really, really good on, on fumetry. So that's that's certainly a good broadleaf weed option as well, Michael. And is that a total solution or is, is, is there is there in, in the fact that I suppose it's some of the catamarans will be kind of, I suppose, looked upon as a fairly total solution for the broadleaf weeds, at least the bell car, would that be looked at in the same way or does it need something pretty hefty afterwards? I was thinking about you know, something like the um the, the curbs and things like that. Does, does it yeah. need a follow-up? Yeah, it, it will need a follow-up. Yeah, we'll need a follow-up. Certainly, I suppose the grass weeds would be the obvious one, you know, when you compare it with the likes of of of, of AstroCurb and that, you know, it, it, it will have weakness as well, particularly the likes of of, of Speedwell there, I suppose, a very kind of a, a common weed that, that would occur. So it's not a total solution. And like I say, you know, for anybody that's that's planning the royal seed rape, I would still say that pre-emerge with the, the likes of Catamaran Turbo will certainly give you the broader spectrum of broadleaf weeds. But even with that, am I right in saying you'd still need uh, a grass weed control in the middle of that anyway? Absolutely. Absolutely. This is just broadleaf weeds only. Yeah. yeah, yeah, certainly. So most of those are going to be followed up. And at what stage do we need? Or should a farmer try and take out those um, grass weeds or the, I suppose the volunteers are probably going, going to be the biggest one. I suppose, yeah, the, the volunteers are the one that are going to cause the most problems i suppose really you know and especially they can be in the swarts you know you can get a, a line of them especially you know if we're using which a lot of growers do use now for oilseed rape mint till type systems you know so you know that seed is that 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 volunteer wheat or barley is very near the surface you know you'll get very quick establishment and you know they that those volunteer cereals do give rise to early competition with the establishing rape and you know you'll often see bare patches you know in in, in fields of oilseed rape if there are high numbers of volunteer cereals so you know you're, you're getting in with a graminicide there really as 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 early as possible if 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 the numbers are high really you know one to two leaf stage of the cereals or a bit later three leaf stage maybe yeah i suppose the earlier the better really but look yeah certainly that two to three leaf stage would be would be ideal because again just like the crop you're going to get a, maybe a little bit of a, uh, um, a staggered emergence a little bit there as well sure okay the other, uh, I suppose, bulk and what we were talking about there is kind of the the the, the conventional and, and the hybrids. But there's also those clear field varieties that are out there, which are ones that are more specifically uh, targeted, I suppose, to specific instances and, and, and the use of chloranda as their herbicides. What about those? Are the same concerns there around the pre-emerge, post-emerge type scenario? What way does that work? Yeah, so any, anybody growing a, a, a clear field variety, I suppose, will be aware it does uh, the prefix uh, CL will 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 be on the side, and and you're you're just really using using Clarenda there. That's the that's the reason I suppose Clarenda, it's it can only be applied to clear field varieties. Obviously, it will it will take out all brassicas, including you know non clear field oilseed rapes. So just just be careful of that one. But I suppose it's it's big advantage, and the reason a lot of growers would use clear field varieties is that it does control brassica weeds that, that we don't really have any control of now. And, you know, it, it's a good all-round herbicide anyway. It does control the likes of ground silfumetry, poppies there as well. 
in terms of timing, the rate is two litres per hectare. Um, again, like a lot of post-emergent weed control early is best small actively growing weeds, you know. Um, and, and I suppose to just to mention that we're on that, that area, Salsa, which a number of growers would have used maybe for the control of, say, charlock in the past, that's no longer available. So go back again to AstroCurb that we talked about or we mentioned earlier, which is very good on grass weeds or Curb, I suppose, and there's AstroCurb in two different products, but Curb is very good on the grass weed side, side of the house. Um, is there any case where the Curb on its own just on its own, it's the only herbicide you're going to use, um, of which you probably won't be using that one until probably mid to late October, I suppose, at the earliest, I suppose. Um, is there any case where that can be used on its own? Because that's pretty costly in its own. Yeah, I suppose there is. And again, so just to mention the availability, again, just check that everything is available before you you decide on your strategy, because you might say I'll wait till October, November, and turns out that you can't get the product. But yeah, look, AstroCurb or the curb on its own, I suppose, really is is an excellent broad, or uh, sorry, grassweed product, you know. Um, it's controlling all the main species that we're worried about, you know, even black grass, you know, your brooms annual meadow grass it's 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 excellent and as you say michael you know we the recommendation is that soil temperatures are are below 10 degrees celsius so that can often be into november even december before you can you can you can get that done so if you've done a good job on your broadleaf weeds already you get to that stage there before christmas or in november you know curb on its own will 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 obviously suffice and and is excellent i suppose where the amino pyrolid which is in astrocurb comes in and then is it does add a number of, of broadleaf weeds there. And I suppose really where, where somebody hasn't had the opportunity to get anything on. And it, it is a really, really good option at that stage. Well, it will be the last option, I suppose, almost in for, for some growers at that stage. Sure, but it does have a pretty wide window if you can get the availability of it. Yeah, yeah. Right, okay. Um, I suppose the other point is there, there is a bit of a restriction in terms of using AstroCurb in terms of straw, is there? Yeah, just to be careful, I suppose, with, with the straw chopping scheme now, uh, people tend to chop oilseed rape straw, but just to be careful that the, anything, any straw treated with amino pyrolid, which is in the astro curb and not, not in the straight curb, um, that needs to remain in the field, basically. It shouldn't be baled or, or, or used for animal bedding. Um, I suppose it can be used if somebody's using it for heat generation or, 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 or that, but, uh, but yeah, it, need, it, needs to be, it needs to be left in the field if amino pyrolid has been, has been used. Okay, just to switch it around just slightly, I suppose, and and you know, listeners can go back a couple of weeks ago and they and and they can listen to a, a good bit more around oilseed rape, and we covered a little bit around slugs at that stage. We didn't mention at that stage cabbage stem flea beetle, though, of which is a major problem in the UK and can, can, can and has caused massive problems over there. Any reports of that so far, Kieran, in Ireland, or is it something that we have been traditionally worried about in the past? Um, we've seen it. Certainly, we've seen we've seen plenty of of damage. We've seen the pest, cabbage stem flea beetle, um, and we've seen obviously the the symptoms, which are typically shot holes in the leaves. You know that people would would be familiar with. I uh, it hasn't presented a massive problem for us like the UK. I suppose in the UK. Our number of key differences, one is the area of rape, obviously, and the rotation is probably much higher than Ireland. Like I said, initially, we've been hovering around 10,000 odd hectares there in recent times, so it's quite low. 
secondly, then is the whole area around uh, pesticide resistance, which obviously that's that's developed uh, pyrethroids there in in the UK, and and that's caused to uh, uh, a decrease in the area in the, in the UK as as a result. Um, so again, like I said, it hasn't caused major problems, but I, I would certainly keep uh, keep an eye out for it. And I suppose the thresholds are if twenty five percent leaf has been damaged. Uh, when two leaves of unfolded treatment with insecticide is advised, and if 50% of the area of a leaf has been damaged when three leaves have unfolded, uh, or if the crop is being eaten quicker than it is growing, basically, um, treatment is, is, is required there as well. So it is important to keep an eye out, you know, just for those shot holes that, that, that will appear in the leaf. And do we have any idea in terms of the resistance bit? No, I don't think there's any any work being done here um, on it, and I, I I haven't heard any reports from farmers having having any any control difficulties. To be honest, okay, I suppose that the, the fact that there has been very little of it in the past mightn't have got a huge amount of insecticides anyway, so that might be helpful to to a degree. Um, Karen, just a final question I want to ask you. We started off um, talking about the potential of what's going to be sown out there, but we did mention that it mightn't all be out of the bag as yet. Uh, it comes up pretty much any year and if I was a grower out there I'd be looking at the weather kind of thinking I don't know what it's still pretty much the summertime I have plenty of time to get this in what is the latest date give or take for planting on seed ripe I, I suppose the smart answer is as soon as possible but I think you know the, the reason that we want to get rape and a canopy developed um, you know early in the autumn is for green leaf area which obviously um, hoovers up a lot of that available soil nitrogen. And we may get a lot of that now if we do get a bit of rain, some mineralized nitrogen coming up, you know, in the back end. The earlier we sow, we grow a bigger canopy. It means our, our costs are obviously lower because we, we need to apply less nitrogen to the crop. So um, certainly, uh, ideally, it would be sown, sown the month of August. Growers have pushed it out, and I suppose you're a little bit at the mercy of, of 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 the weather. Obviously, soil temperatures are quite high at the moment, so you know anybody going out, say today is the first of September, getting out and getting it done, I wouldn't be that worried. But certainly, you know, once you start to hit the second week in September, you're you're certainly into into dodgy territory. You know, um, soil temperatures will it'll start to drop at that stage. You know, mm. so I think Michael look in the next week um ideally really yeah you'd, you'd probably need a crystal ball from there after that if you can if you can if you knew that we were going to have a, a back end like last year for instance you could probably get away with it a bit later than that but that's a rare occurrence so uh, as you say get it in as fast as you can kieran thanks very much for your for your time for joining me again and look, we'll be chatting again shortly no better thank you just a couple of areas to mention before i sign off for today In order to understand the aspects of the podcast which are most appealing and beneficial to you, I would greatly appreciate if you could take three to four minutes to complete the survey. The details of this are in the podcast notes. As mentioned at the start of the podcast, don't forget about the Crops Forum this Thursday in the Kilishi Hotel in Nice, and I'll certainly look forward to seeing you there. Finally, don't forget if you enjoyed the podcast and recommend it to a friend or colleague, and as always, rate, review and follow on Apple Podcasts or Spotify so you never miss an episode. And for more information, go to chargas.ie. I'm Michael Hennessy. Thanks for listening. And I'll be back next week with more tillage news and advice.